people don't like to look critically at themselves. They don't like to, as you pointed out, um, look inward and see what their own faults are because once you recognize those, you are then faced with the choice of, am I going to try to improve myself? Am I going to try to change these things that I know are wrong? Or am I just going to keep doing what I've always done because it's so much easier? This week, how do you accept your spouse's faults and maybe even accept some of your own and learn how to change them? Dr. Karen Sherman has answers. Stay tuned. Can you feel it? The power coursing through your veins. Underneath the lights. I know there's a bunch of therapists out there. Did you know that you can get listed on Hitch starting at just $1? To get started, click the Get Featured link in the directory, and within a few quick steps, your website can begin showing up all over hitchedmag.com. Don't wait. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of hitchedmag.com. I'm joined once again with the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, you, Steve. Karen is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She is an author. Um, and uh, as you know by her uh, moniker I give her at the beginning, she is one of the very first people to ever uh, participate on the Hitched website in any capacity whatsoever. So uh, that's why she is the original. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today we are going to talk about a topic um, – that, well, I guess it, it hopefully doesn't pop up in the beginning of a marriage. So maybe this is for folks who have been together uh, more than just a couple years. Uh, but we're really going to be focusing on accepting your spouse's faults. Mm. Um, of course, that's not going to appear in the beginning because in the beginning, your mate is absolutely perfect. <laughs> that's true. And right. fortunately for me, I've stayed that way. So. Uh, yes. <laughs> but you are, Steve. I you when you are perfect. Uh, so, uh, you know, getting back on track here, none of us are perfect, including myself. Um, and it can be that the longer that we're with somebody, the more that some of these imperfections begin to pop up and, and annoy us. So what would be the first step, Karen, in lessening how much these things annoy us as time goes on? Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to change the question a little bit. Sure. I, the explanation first is why does that happen? And it happens because the glow has gone away. You know, we become more accustomed to the person. We're not so enamored. Our love goggles have been, you know, taken off. And we start to see the person, you know, as who they are, a person with faults. So I think that that really goes to how can we start to accept it a little bit more, knowing that the person hasn't changed, that what has changed is our perception. Um, because, the, you know, as I said, that was really there right in the beginning. It, we just didn't look at it. You know, we didn't want to see those things perhaps. And so that will help us to realign the way we think about the person. And and by the way, you mentioned the love goggles, and which is something we've talked about in the past. That's actually it's it's not just like a state of mind. It's there's chemical yes uh, chemistry going on in your body that actually affects how you see and feel about things. So absolutely, absolutely. Um. Okay. So then, so then, what would be that first step then? 
um, if we understand the, f- the first portion that you just mentioned. Okay, so basically that, you know, this person is who they are. Everybody has faults and, you know, sort of like, you know, I, I hate to be cliche-ish, but you got to take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that is a good thing to do is to step back. You know, when you have a little objectivity, it always makes things easier. When you're too close to a situation, you get too caught up in its drama, in its heat, in its emotionality. So if you step back and you say, okay, let me look at, you know, what are the good traits about the person? Now, in the moment, if you're really, really upset with the person, it's a little harder to do that. So let the dust settle. And, you know, if you're upset with them, and and so, of course, when you're upset with somebody, those annoying traits are going to, like, be like neon signs. So again, if you just sort of say, okay, this is going to settle down for me. Let me, you know, wait a day or so and then reevaluate it. And in that, you know, time period, let me start to think about the things that I really like about this person. And that will help you to get a better perspective. It'll balance out a little bit more. Mm, Okay. Now, is this a common problem? This is actually going to be a two-part question. Is this a common problem that people have in, in accepting faults? They, they, they just have a hard time doing it. And then the second part of that question is, are there certain faults that are tougher for people to get over? I mean, um, to, to, to kind of give a little perspective on this. So I definitely know one of my faults is at least one that annoys my spouse is that I – First and foremost, love magazines, still love the print-bound magazines, and I uh, will pile them up as I'm going through them and leave these giant piles of magazines as I'm reading them uh, over our house, and it annoys her, and I understand that, and I try to do my best, Um, and so we've actually worked on creative solutions on how I can hide the piles and like by putting them in baskets or something that makes it uh, so it doesn't uh, like just sit on top of a desk or something along those lines. Um, So I know I just went off on a tangent there. So let me get back to the question. So is it hard for people to accept faults and are certain faults uh, tougher? I mean, I know my magazine one is a pretty benign one, but are there other faults that are tougher to get over than others? I think it all depends on who the people are, you know, and I think that, how much we accept in another person is really going to depend on how accepting we are as a person. Um, the, and that's going to, to depend on how accepting we are with ourselves. Um, you know, if we're okay with who we are as a person, we're more loving to ourselves, we accept our own faults, then we tend to be able to do that for our partners and for other people as well. But generally, when we are um, not as accepting of ourselves, then we're not going to be as accepting of other people. We're going to be very judgmental. We're going to be more disrespectful. So I cannot say to you, you know, there are certain things that are going to be more annoying, certain things that are not. It really depends on who you are as a person in general and then what your particular quirks are. I mean, I can tell you, I can give you two different examples. I remember years ago, uh, we used to celebrate holidays with several different families. And this one particular woman went on and on and on because her spouse used to close doors with his hands as opposed to using the door handle. And she was 
bonkers over that. Mm. It just made her crazy. Um, I guess she was a bit of a clean freak, and it bothered her that there were fingerprints on the door. Yet, I was just working with a client who has gone through a lot of struggles in their relationship. There was a lot of breach, let's say, in their relationship. And something happened that triggered her, and yet she knew that she had not taken a medicine that tends to make her very irritable when she doesn't take that medicine. Mm. And she had enough forethought to say, I'm not going to raise this with my spouse until I take my medicine because I know I'm not going to be fair. Mm. So, you know, it just depends on who the person is. And I guess also, you know, what kind of a day you've had. If you've had a very stressful day, you're going to be more irritable. And so things are going to bother you more. So there's a lot of different factors as to what is going to determine what bothers you and what, you know, if, if my husband has been loving and decent and very caring towards me, I can let go of some of his traits that bother me more easily than on a day after he's been grouchy for several days and um, my workload has been very hard, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's just a combination of factors. Mm. Uh, I mean, you just mentioned uh, when your house has been, or when your husband has been, you know, loving and good to you, does it help then if you try to um, focus on those positive traits when you start having these emotions? Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, I think the more that you can focus on the positive, the less that you'll see the negative. Um, so, again, you know, that's why I suggested at the beginning that if you try to look at the whole of the person, that will allow you to keep it in perspective. In other words, don't do a microscopic view and just hone in on this one or two annoying traits. Come back, get some distance from it, and look at everything about the person so that you don't get, you know, blinded by, you know, the trait the, you know, that's bothering you at the moment. And actually one of the good things, and this was brought up at the beginning as well, is that this is a topic that will – probably appear later on in the relationship, not that first year or so, which gives you uh, more breadth and depth of what that relationship looks like that you can pull from all those positive yes. traits. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so how does uh, your expectations weigh into this equation? Oh, big time, big time. I think that in life in general, expectations have so much to do with how we react Um you know, because those expectations sort of set us up, um, whether it be for how we want our partner to act, what we're planning, you know, how a day is going to come out. Um, it really sort of sets the tone um, for what happens to us. You know, if I'm going to uh, an event and I'm going because I think it's an obligation and I'm really expecting it to be a dud, and then it turns out that it's not a dud, I'm thrilled. Mm -hmm. um, if I expect that my mate is going to have good manners and I start to see them uh, using their utensils incorrectly or doing certain things that I consider not to be good manners, then that trait is going to annoy me. So expectations have a lot to do with it. So if you expect your spouse um, to do this trait that annoys you, but you've had the conversation informing them um, and they do it. Are you, I guess my question is, 
are you less likely to be annoyed by it if you expect them to do it anyway? Like if you've accepted that, like that, you know, this is just who they are and this is what they do, even though we've talked about it. Why am I surprised? Uh, you know, why is my wife surprised if she sees a pile of magazines? Well, I think there's two things you said there, Steve. Okay. If I've accepted it, I don't think I'll be annoyed. But if I've discussed it with you and you've made no attempts to respond to that, then I, there's a real good chance that I'm going to feel like you didn't even respond to my needs. Mm. And that's going to annoy me even more. Got it. Okay. And then how would it help if you flipped the situation around, at least mentally, and considered – you know, you are the offender in this situation mm -hmm. and considered what the criticisms of yourself might be. I love the question. I think it would help a lot, but I think that that takes effort on people's parts because it requires you to be self-reflective. And that's not so easy for people to do. Mm. Um, people don't want to really look at themselves. Um, but I think that that is really very useful recognizing that, again, nobody is perfect. We all have our faults. Um, and, you know, if you can be a little bit more accepting and forgiving of yourself, then it will be probably a little easier to do so for, you know, your partner as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I jokingly mentioned that I was perfect at the beginning. And, and you know, I, I said that in jest because I think it ties into this point about people don't like to look critically at themselves. They don't like to, as you pointed out, um, look inward and see what their own faults are because once you recognize those, you are then faced with the choice of, am I going to try to improve myself? Am I going to try to change these things that I know are wrong or am I just going to keep doing what I've always done because it's so much easier? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's, you know, that's the catch 22 about this whole thing. But no. If yeah. you're living life to the fullest, I think you have to take those leaps. I think you have to uh, make those attempts because that is what life is about, in my opinion. Yes. And, and you know, it's interesting. Um, I find that when I err in something where I've had an expectation of somebody that they don't do and then annoys me, I say, wow, that's really great because it helps me to then say – that I really don't have a right to be annoyed now because you see sometimes people mess up or, you know, they do this or they don't mean to or whatever. So to me, it's an expansive experience where I can learn from it. Um, but again, you have to be willing to look at yourself and, um, you know, be accepting of yourself. Mm -hmm. So um, I, you know, I think it's, it's a great, um, it, it allows for a great chance to be open to yourself, open to your mate, use all of these things as learning experiences. Yeah. I mean, it might stop you when you have the stone in your hand to look around you and be like, oh, I'm in a glass house. Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> toss this stone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, this was fantastic, Karen. Um, unless you had any other points that you wanted to add, I, I think I think we've got this one buttoned up. No, I think we're good with this one, Steve. Okay, excellent. Well, I hope you guys uh, will accept any faults that you came across or any annoyances that we may have uh, 
had on this episode that you just were like, I can't believe they do this every single episode. So please, uh, hope, hope it was okay. And if you have a complaint, uh, our lines are always open. So, um, Karen, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure. Yes, it is. Thank you for having me talk to you all the time, Steve. Of course. I love it. I love it. Um, but before you guys go, I want to remind you that you've been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who, again, is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She is also an author. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can find this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, Karen is also on the, uh, the social networks. Facebook, Google Plus, uh, Twitter. Uh, we, of course, are on all those platforms as well. And we've been adding some new uh, discovery tools for you to find those more easily. So we actually have a new follow uh, series of buttons that kind of float on the top right of our article pages now uh, to make it easier for you to find us, whether it's Pinterest or Instagram or Google Plus or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, they're all they're all there, one click away. So hopefully that helps. Um, you can also find all of Karen's uh, past articles uh, on there as well. You can find um, past podcasts as well as tons, thousands of other great bits and pieces of information and relationship advice. So hopefully you check it out. And if you have any questions, there's uh, links to different email addresses and whatnot there. And of course, as I mentioned, the social networks you can you can reach us there as well. So, uh, one last time, I want to thank you again, Karen, and look forward to forward to doing this again soon. Okay, Steve, take care. All right, likewise. All right, that's gonna do it for us this week. Take care, everybody. Uh,